What's up, skeptics? Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. I'm Jordan, and I am joined with Jared. Today, we are doing volume two of our series, so you think you're an atheist. For you, it's probably a week or more later. For us, it's minutes later. That's why we're the same outfit as last time. Shh, give away our secrets. (laughs) Yeah, peek behind the curtain. Uh, So, this time we're saying, you've decided you're an atheist. Last time we talked about what an atheist is, you think you might be one. Okay. You decided you're an atheist. Now what do you do? Where do you go from here? After, in the last episode, I told you the first thing you should do, which is buy a bow tie. So I assume that you are armed with said bow tie for this episode. Now it's time to get a fancy fedora to go with the bow tie. (laughs) You need to make sure you can tip it deeply. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Once you're armed with your fedora and bow tie, then what? Well, here's the thing you shouldn't do. Do not immediately try to convince everyone you know that was in the faith you were in, that they're wrong. Don't do that. That's a no-no. That is a recipe for disaster and for burning bridges. And trust me, I know from experience. Bad idea. So I'm not, what we're not saying is to necessarily be, like, you don't need to be ashamed of being an atheist or anything like that. But you also don't need to proselytize the entire universe. You can spend some time kind of ease into it. And remember, try to think back to when you were in this religious tradition it may not be something you want to leave. Uh, people's religion, as I'm sure you well know, is very important to them, and they may not be open to that conversation. So why why have a conversation with someone who's not interested, right? Yeah. yeah, and that even goes into the next question. Do I even need to leave my faith at first? Do I have to? That's a great question. Part of this depends on the faith tradition you're in. There are some faith traditions that you can be an atheist and still be a fully fledged practicing member. Nobody cares. Uh, One of my good friends is Jewish. He's an atheist. He's pretty sure his rabbi is an atheist. They don't care. Nobody, nobody gives a shit at all (laughs) if you're an atheist and Jewish. So if you're in that or religious tradition like that, you probably know already and you're probably not even worried about it. But suppose you're in a different one, more like mainline Christianity, where being an atheist would be a big deal, right? Do you need to immediately run out the door? I think it depends on your comfort level, really. Um, I know that when I first deconverted, I had a hard time sitting in a pew or sitting in a chair and listening to the sermon and going through the motions and singing songs and hymns and voicing the words to prayers. I tried it, and it almost made my stomach my stomach sick to do so. You feel like you're lying or pretending to be something you're not. Yeah, that can be a very uncomfortable feeling. So yeah, I think it really depends on what you want. Like, are you made uncomfortable being in this environment or not? Do you feel like you're having to lie or, or, you know, make make up excuses if you try if if it's making you uncomfortable and not enhancing your well being, because at this point, you don't think God exists, right? So you're here because it's doing something for you. If it's not doing something for you, then don't be there. (laughs) It's just that simple. Uh, I'd recommend probably not like immediately burning every bridge and, you know, running. Just kind of fade away over time if you can manage that. And uh, people are probably going to ask questions about it. Don't feel like you're under any obligation at all to explain to people that you're not comfortable talking like what's going on. That's your religious faith is your or lack thereof is your business and nobody else's. So you're not, uh, except for perhaps like a partner, which we'll talk about in a second. You're probably not under an obligation to tell them. But but even then, there's a, there's an appropriate time to do so, and we'll get there. So right, 
I think one of the main things to think about when you're asking, you know, should I leave my faith? Ask yourself, what am I getting out of it? Why am I staying here? Or why would I want to stay there? And then ask yourself this, can I get any of that in a secular fashion? And that kind of right. gets down to this next topic, which is community. And where to find it. So here's what may be a hot take among atheists. I think that atheism in and of itself, just atheism is a terrible thing to base a community off of. It's just, all it is is the answer to a, a single question. Do you believe in a God? Yes or no. Like, do you believe no gods exist? And, and like, that's not much to have in common with people, you know? And Jared, you actually had, uh, you tried this. <laughs> oh yeah. It, I, it didn't work out very much. I did try this. So I uh, did the split thing. I left my religious community and then I felt this void in my life. And I was like, wow, I miss that community. I miss all the things. Why don't I just recreate that, but with atheists? So I started a meetup and I started a local community called Atheist Community of where I live and uh, set up some time for local meetups and just started showing up. People were showing up. We started having drinks and stuff. And it was fun at first, but then it devolved into r slash atheism real world <laughs> like just uh, people being mean and bitter and yeah it was just a place for people to talk about stuff that i didn't care about and like argue about things and it got super political and just it was not fun and it wasn't the community that i thought it was because we the only thing we had in common was that we didn't believe that was it nothing else and it just didn't work so so what I'd recommend doing instead is just think about things that you're passionate about that have nothing to do with your religion. Perhaps look at things you enjoyed at church that you could find similar things elsewhere. So if you were part of worship group, maybe go find a band or some kind of music related activity you can do outside. That's just not related to a church. If there was like a men's group that met periodically Maybe you could find that elsewhere, perhaps centered around sports or board games or beer or whatever. Or board games and beer. And beer, right. <laughs> and sports, I don't know. <laughs> but find something that isn't religious that you're passionate about and just try that. Like you can build a community around any kind of shared interest. Yeah. God doesn't have to be involved. And if you, let's say, for example, you enjoyed the particular aspects of church that was the community outreach portions. There are plenty of secular organizations who do just that and they go out and they help people just for the pure fact of helping right. people. And you don't got to invite them to church afterwards. You just right. help them for help's sake. <laughs> you can do things like Habitat for Humanity is one like nationwide charity. But if you just look around Google, you'll be able to find things around you. Other things, if you're looking for more like that kind of deeper philosophical itch, you could look into groups associated with secular humanism, which is a worldview. And that is something you might be able to build a community around or perhaps uh, political activism. You could definitely build a community around that, around people who have share similar beliefs to you, but non-religious beliefs. That actually might be the closest analog you're going to find to the vibe of a lot of churches because you're in church because you all believe this thing very passionately. Well, you're in this political group because you all believe this thing very passionately. Yeah. It's just not a religious thing. The point here is that community is an important thing. So leaving religion and just not going to church anymore, not participating in the community is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> you can become extremely depressed. You can have an unfulfilling life. 
but there are plenty of things that can fill that gap. The thing that was filling that gap wasn't the religious part. It was the people part. And being religious gives you like a very easy outlet to that community, particularly for people who are in marginalized uh, segments of the population that can be a safe outlet for them. But you can find other outlets just, you know, don't have to be around religion. Uh, So what about the traditions that you held before? So far as I'm concerned, and I'm just one guy, I don't see any problem with holding on to traditions that bring you value. Like when it comes to Christmas, I celebrate Christmas. I love Christmas music. I'm not talking like secular watered down Christmas, like come all ye faithful, like away in a manger. I love Christmas, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm right there with you. I still love gospel music and listening to gospel music, like singing the songs and hymns and stuff because it takes me back to a time um, and I can still get meaning out of that, even if I don't necessarily believe all the words to it. So, Right. There's meaning in that tradition and the connections to the, the past. You know, for example, my grandmother was extremely religious and she used to bless her bread. She'd draw the sign of a cross in her bread when she made it. So when I make her recipe of bread, I draw a sign of a cross. Doesn't have any impact whatsoever. It does nothing, but you know, it's just my tradition and there's but, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, like Fiddler on the Roof said, tradition. You know, right. so. so let's circle back around to what we mentioned before. You found your community. You've kind of faded away from church now, and you've kind of got that support network. And maybe some people are starting to ask questions. Like maybe some people are starting to take notice. How do you have that conversation? Next episode, we're going to be talking about the kind of questions you can expect to get and maybe some answers. So this time, we're not going to talk about like the argument part of it. We're going to talk about like the human connection part of it. So your partner is approaching you or maybe you're approaching them. How do you have that conversation? You've actually had this conversation. I had a different deconversion experience. So what would be your advice to someone doing that? Well, first of all, I would say you're under no obligation to explain yourself to anybody else in the entire world. Now, obviously, if you've made a commitment to somebody such as a partner, that's a little bit more serious and you need to consider that, but your timeline for coming out to them is your timeline when you feel comfortable. And if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I've noticed some things be like, yep, I'm actually, I've been struggling with some stuff. I'm really not ready to talk about that yet. I'll let you know when I am ready to talk about that. That would be the first thing to do. Um, and, and just do that. But when you do decide to come out or to have that conversation, don't start with a, we need to have a conversation or we need to have a talk because that just sets people up for disaster and it puts a negative connotation on the whole thing. Particularly if it's like, Hey, we need to talk. Can we talk next Thursday? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like bad, bad idea because in, in the grand scheme of things, this isn't that big a deal. This isn't what defines you as a human being. And it, you know, I, people's religious faith. I know from personal experience can be a very central part of your identity but at least in my experience leaving, like you said, not very much changed about me as a person leaving the faith. I, On the other side, I felt like it would have, you know, but once I was through it, I was mostly the same person, just kind of less of a jerk most of the time. Yeah. So. And I, I think that's the important point to hit here. Uh, when you're having these conversations, you need to make it clear. I am still the same person. The only thing that's different about me now is I no longer believe in X or I, I now believe X doesn't for whatever your belief right. you've come to. That's really it. 
But I would say that the better thing to do is to let people ask you questions because you don't want to be come off as being seen as the person who's trying to convince somebody else. Uh, you don't want to go tell it on the mountain, as they say. Uh, I tried this because I was like, oh my gosh, everything I ever thought or believed about God was a lie. I found the truth. Everybody else wants to know. Guess what? They don't. Most people don't. Most people don't care. <laughs> and when you try to do that, that burns bridges and people get uh, upset. So so I think make it clear that uh, now all of this is assuming that the relationships are not toxic or harmful. Or you don't live way. in a community where you'd be beat or murdered right. if you came out. Like, Yeah. All of this is assuming that you are in a safe environment. Yes. Uh, and so you're not in any kind of fundamental group. That's a separate thing we'll talk about in a second. So assuming that, assuming that your safety is not in any way in danger, right? Then you don't need to worry about convincing them. You can, I would make it clear, I'm not trying to convince you. I have no interest in convincing you because, yeah. you know, and that can hopefully bring the temperature down, you know, because you're not like threatening them. You don't think any less of them because they are still, they still hold a belief you once held. Sure. You know, make it kind of draw that deep, that clear line between we had we share this belief. We no longer share that belief, but everything else we still share. Yeah. And then let them ask you questions and you could say, I no longer believe anymore. What questions do you have for me? Put it back on them. That way it does. It's not confrontational. You're not asking them to say, well, prove to me, you know, what? how do you solve the problem of suffering? Like, don't do that. OK, right. uh, Um just let them ask questions and then you can answer honestly. And then whatever it is, you can say, well, when I was going through X, Y, and Z, these are the questions I had. These are the answers I got. And this is the conclusion I have. Now that's like, that's like a best case scenario. You're in a good relationship and it's a safe place. What's one step further. Maybe it's kind of causing some, some contention. You tried your best to do have this nice come out conversation that we talked about, but it didn't go well. Yep. And now it's causing conflict. Now what? So in that situation, what you could do is you could just have the conversation and just say, hey, I really like you as a person or I like you because you're my mom or you're my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like we have to interact with each other. I'm this is ob obligated to like <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> this is obviously a topic that causes strife. Let's just not talk about this when we're around. Let's, right. let's just put There's no reason you have to talk about it. Just put it out there. Say, we're not going to talk about this. And if you bring it up, I'm not going to engage with you on it because this is causing me. This is called boundary setting. Yes. <laughs> so set set clear boundaries what, about what you can can't talk about and then stick to them, both of you. Uh, and if they can't stick to them, then maybe you need to seek counseling or something and, and work it out with a person. Or, or move that boundary a little bit further away. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're if you're getting that kind of intense back and forth, then I'd strongly recommend seeing a therapist or a counselor who can help you work through that rather than just two random idiots on the internet. Uh, now, <laughs> that brings us to the, the last piece is what if you're not in a safe situation? Okay. If you're, yeah, that is a clear do not say anything. If you have the ability to reach out, there are some great organizations. We mentioned the Freedom from Religion last episode. That would be a good resource to go to. But make sure, obviously, if you're watching this episode, you can get on the internet uh, and, and feel fairly safe about that. So I would communicate with somebody on the internet and tell them what you're going through um, and let them know that you're in real danger. Um, right. 
or call call an authority if you feel comfortable doing so. I mean, right. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully you've had that conversation. You've bro- you had the initial broaching. It didn't go poorly or if it went poorly, you've gotten through that. Next episode, we're going to be talking about the content of that conversation. What we said, let them ask you questions. What questions are they likely to ask? And what answers should you be given? That's what we talk about next episode. That and also, why are you convinced you should be able to answer that question, right? (laughs) Uh, So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that. Uh, Leave a comment if there's anything, uh, if you have any particular experiences from your deconversion. If you you aren't this person, if you've gone through this, leave any uh, advice you'd like to give to them in the comments below. Be charitable and kind uh, to those who are going through it. Uh, if there's any questions that you have as someone in this position that we haven't covered yet or haven't said we're going to cover, leave it in the comments and we'll make sure to get to it. Yeah, and I'd say just uh, in the comment section, if you have any examples of things that you found helpful on your deconversion, if you're somebody who's watching this who's already deconverted, uh, share that as well. So, yeah. So uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. And until next time, remember, you've always got reason to doubt. Peace out.